Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to, Welcome to Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Adrian from the Mile High Hockey Lab. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm really excited to be here with my fellow Avalanche fans and fellow Mile High Hockey contributors. I'm here with Evan, Ezra, and Jackie. Thank you three for joining me. Um, While I have your attention, as I always say, please subscribe, like, and share. Turn your alerts on if you're watching on YouTube so you know every time we go live. Um, And if you enjoy these broadcasts on YouTube, don't forget that all of these podcasts are available on your preferred streaming platforms, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, or Audible. Just go search Mile High Hockey Lab. This is actually our 21st edition. So congratulations to the three of you and myself, I'd say, on almost 25 editions so far into this Mile High Hockey Lab experiment. Yeah. So um, I just want to get right into it. I'm pretty pumped about where the abs sit right now i'm sure you guys could figure that as i'm a typical homer um (laughs) but i i I feel as though we should talk about what happened uh, against the arizona coyotes in both games um and see kind of if my opinion on on the outcome and kind of the way the games went is different in any way from yours so we'll start there with the home and home with arizona um and i'll start with you evan our managing editor, Evan, uh, it seems like the Avs power play has really been rolling and we saw that be put on display for the 11th straight time and in both games against the Coyotes. Uh, What are you crediting the sudden influx of success for the Avalanche power play to? Oh yeah, that power play has been phenomenal. I mean, I think it's now 11 straight games with a goal, so that that's very impressive. I'm I'm wondering what the franchise record is. Um, 14. 14? Mm-hmm. Look at look at you, Ezra. Look at you. I was just reading about it. <laughs> uh no, so I I think 14 is definitely attainable and you know, I think when you when you think about the I guess the great equalizer about it. I mean, when you have McKinnon and Rantanen obviously working together and both of them on the torrid pace that they're on, um, that definitely helps. I know we'll talk about that more later in the show. Yeah. Um, and I think also too, especially the last couple of games um, has been the return of Kale McCarr, um, mm-hmm. obviously from, from his injury. So yeah, <laughs> that definitely helps when he's, when he's power playing or when he's quarterbacking, you know, power play unit one. So um, so long as those three kind of keep it up, then I, this power play is going to be unstoppable. And yeah. We talked yeah. a little bit last week about how last year they had a lot of success on the power play, but they also had a lot of power play chances and a lot more than they had seen. I feel like, though, and I'd have to look into whether or not the stats really back this claim up, but I feel like since that conversation, that might have changed. I feel like the Avs have three or four power play opportunities a game. Um, Jackie, I think we got you. I don't know. We had some yep. technical difficulties there. I'm but here. Um, you hear I, me now? Yes, there you All are, right, perfectly cool. loud and clear. Um, I was wondering why we didn't get your classic high, very chill high when we introduced. But <laughs> um, just back to the the Coyotes and Avalanche in the second game, uh, just last night, the Avs had a two goal lead with about ten minutes or two, yeah, ten minutes left in the third, but were unable to hold on to that. Do you credit that more to the Avalanche kind of like letting up, or do you think that the the Coyotes deserve a little bit of credit? I'd say both. Um, The Coyotes have been a thorn in their side for several years now. I think it's just something about their style, maybe uh, because Andre Turingi used to coach the Avs, so maybe he has a little bit, I don't know, has the team a little fired up to play them or something, I don't know, or he knows uh, a little bit more about some of our best players, so maybe he game plans better against us. I don't know. There's just something about how, the Coyotes matchups aren't like the classic, just 
beat the bad team and walk out with two points kind of thing. So I think there is something to how the teams play each other, but definitely the third period was like a, a letdown. Like they were just trying to get it over with as quick as possible. And that didn't really work either. Yeah. I, I felt similarly. Um, I do think though, that it, it showed a lot for the abs to when they did give up the lead uh, to respond by getting it back pretty quickly they were fortunate, though, and this kind of leads into what we are, have already talked about, that a power play came like literally as the PA announcer was crediting the goal for Arizona. The Avs got a trip. Uh, the Avs got a power play opportunity and they were able to capitalize. Uh, I see now in my script that I left injury report heading into today's contest. Landeskog, Makar. Fortunately, Makar is back, but I did see some video of Landeskog skating Courtesy of Brennan Voigt. I think that's how you say his last name. If it's not Brennan, write me and tell me I'm stupid. I think but, it's um, Brennan Vote, but yeah, all right. anyway. <laughs> Either way, some awesome video from practice um, back in Colorado today of Landis Gog pre- skating pretty pretty fast. Um, Ezra, what does that mean to you? And do you foresee uh, a return maybe sooner than we thought? Or do you still think it's kind of like a second round type of timeline? Um, I, I think it's still right in line with what I thought all, all around, all along, which is, well, not all along, obviously when it's <laughs> like coming back in January, that that's what I thought. But, but recently yeah. I've been thinking first round of the playoffs and I, okay. I still think that seems right. Uh, he's skating now, which is great. It's exciting to see him at practice. I think I'm sure it's a boon to the guys, uh, you know, on the ice who are able to play, but he's not ready. Um, right. and he's, he's got to, he's got to really get back in, not only in playing playable shape with his, with his legs, uh, uh, underneath him, but he's also got to get his timing back and he's got to get a lot back. So he's going to still be practicing uh, in a red jersey probably for a little bit. <laughs> so nice. I, I think I think the report I was hearing out of practice was uh, that, you know, he's, uh, and by that I mean I read somebody else's reporting. In the <laughs> um, we all but uh, just to be clear, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, was that, you know, it, it everybody's happy that he's on the ice and he's maybe a little bit ahead of the timeline that they were worried about being kind of the later end of the timeline, but they're still not projecting him back in the lineup anytime soon. That makes sense. And then just to touch on your takeaways from the Arizona home and home, what, what, what stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, that third period is just a, a, it's, it's disappointing to see them take their foot off the gas against a team like Arizona who plays a game that is so simple. Like th- their game is defend all the time. It's like a torture chamber. Yeah. And then capitalize <laughs> on the one mistake that the other team makes. And they do yep. always seem to score on those little mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to, to not be super dialed in is to invite that comeback. And it is, it is disappointing. And definitely. I put that on the abs, not on the coyotes. Gotcha. So, so, so you credit the, you don't give as much credit to the Yotes as you think that the abs kind of let, let go. Um, the Yotes do what the Yotes always do. Yeah. Well, do yeah, that's funny because um, I will say, and I wrote this in the recap, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the Yotes have, I think like seven road victories, regulation road victories and yeah. 20 regulation home wins. Yeah. So I think there's something to Mullet arena and Jackie, I messaged you in the chorus, but I just want to pay compliments live on YouTube. Your um, preview headline, like actually it made me laugh out loud. I laugh out loud. I think you said rock the mullet, right? Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> it was my maybe, one, one, once yearly stroke of genius. I'm never yeah. good at the headlines, <laughs> but it definitely came to me. When it happens, it happens and you roll with yep. it, right? Yeah. Yep. I so, don't know. I don't know what Arizona does with mullet arena yeah. because it's working somehow. Exactly. Watch them, watch, watch them now be like, oh, your new arena can't do, can't have it. And then they just live in mullet forever. Yeah. Sort of like the working. Eagles. Like they have mm-hmm. the smallest arena in the AHL, but it's full. So it's a lot better than most of the other places. So That's it's, true. It's kind of like what you do with the space matters more than just like sheer numbers. Yeah. And, and I, w- I wonder too, just in line with my other question, like, was it more the Avs or more the Coyotes? Is it more like the, the Coyotes are familiar with Mullet Arena and the or that teams that visit them are not? You know what I'm saying? I wonder which plays into it because I feel like the dudes from bigger franchises probably don't prefer the vibe, whereas from the Arizona perspective, it kind of reinforces that underdog mentality that they seem to take with them into every game. 
What do you think of that? I, I think it's both, honestly, yeah. because because I, I was in the building for Friday's game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very late notice. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to buy a ticket and go yeah. down to Denver, whatever. Um, and at least Friday's game, um, like the abs were pretty much on the front foot for almost the entire time. I feel like yeah. it was maybe just like the start of the second period where Arizona was, was leading in shots for a quick moment. Um before the abs really started to turn it up in that second and third period, it was just a matter of, you know, being pesky, not mm-hmm. getting, not being able to get through the defense. And that's just all that Arizona does as Ezra said. Right. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that was Friday's game. And then yesterday, Sunday, that was more so I feel like Arizona really giving it to the abs in that third period yeah. um, versus it was a mix of, of Arizona going forward, giving it all they got and the abs also breaking down defensively. Mm-hmm. So obviously that combo was not great if you're an abs fan. Um, so I, it's, if you have only one of them, like it was on Friday for the abs where they just couldn't get through the defense just because that's just the way it was. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's fine because they eventually broke through. Right. But they almost blew it on Sunday because <laughs> they had, they both couldn't get through the defense and also let Arizona really pound back at them. Yeah. So nonetheless, it, it turned into a pretty entertaining game, at least yesterday. And it ended with quite a, I guess, showdown between netminder Connor Ingram and Alexander Gorgiev, who it went seven rounds in the shootout. But the real showstopper was the Valeri Nachushkin move that finally beat Ingram. Yeah, exactly. Evan. Um, yeah. That's, I believe his first shootout attempt as a pro and it looks like maybe he should take Evan Rodriguez's spot. What do you think? Ezra? That, that so much surprised me. Sorry. I just yeah. wanted to say that, but yeah. go on Ezra. Now we'll come back to you. No. Yeah. I, I, it surprised me too. Uh, it was a beautiful move. I, I, I loved it obviously. Uh, and the little, the, like you don't see that let the puck slide little hesitation yeah. from a lot of players. And I think he had the advantage of having no tape on him. You know ah, what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, Ingram had no idea anything like that could possibly be coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, like, what's he about to do? But obviously, yeah. it's, it's more in the the really quick finish around the pad than than that um, little hesitation. With the hands. It, yeah, it, it was it was awesome. And yeah, I mean, Rodriguez has we've seen him uh, do the same move every time. And yeah, exactly. it worked uh, maybe so twice he, now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So his problem is the opposite. The tape is out there. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to see Natushin get more opportunities. Yeah, if there are more shootouts, which I'd much rather yeah. there are not. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I was like, dang it, this is exactly how this this goes when you let a team like Arizona back into a game. You you pepper them throughout the overtime period. Somehow you don't beat Connor Ingram, and then they beat you in a shootout, and then all of the naysayers of shootouts come out of the woodwork. Uh, Jackie, what did you think of Alexander Gorgiev's response? He kind of was caught off guard. On the last goal from Clayton Keller was like a spinorama. You just put it on net. He wasn't even down. Um, what did you think of his performance all, over, all around? And what did you think of him in the shootout? Um, much like the rest of the team, the third period probably wasn't his best. But, um, yeah, he definitely stepped up big in the shootout. Because um, he's been scored on a few times in the shootout. first. So, so for him to put up a shutout, I think it was seven shooters. So, yeah. That is pretty good for him. And it was like both teams were kind of doing the trying to do the same thing, like shoot on the goaltender. And that's another reason why I really liked Nuke's move is because it was like it it changed it up. Like not mm-hmm. only was it different, obviously, for him, and he did go one other time. It wasn't with the abs, but he was over okay. one going into this. But um okay. like I like looking up uh shootout stats like after we have one just because it it's weird yeah it's yeah it's a lot of things you wouldn't expect like some guys shoot way more than others like some guys have never done it and so it's just kind of funny to see the statistics and yeah i completely agree like erod needs to be put on the shelf now especially since we have a new shootout hero and new yeah uh, I was ro- rooting for Jack Johnson to go. I mean, yeah, like that we had talked awesome. about before, <laughs> I looked it up. It was 30, like 32% um, in like 40 some attempts. So yeah. uh, like, why not? It's kind Give of it fun go. when one goes deep. Cause you see a bunch of guys that haven't uh, had the opportunity to yeah. go before. So if you're seven deep, I would have thrown out Jack Johnson and be like, Hey, you know, the stats back it up. He's got some moves. So 
Yeah, that would have been um, so fun. That would have been funny because nobody would have expected it. Yeah. Like, why Jack Johnson? But, but been Jackie knows exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I can already hear Av's Twitter going, oh, God, why is Jack Johnson like, doing Jack's, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is so stupid. And it's like, hey, they were rolling guys out that have never scored on it before. Like, Malgan, I think he, he was 0 for 1 in his career before. Mm-hmm. I still think it's odd they haven't used New Hook at all. I mean, he's a skilled guy. Like, That's a good point. Like what? At some point when you're seven deep, like you wouldn't think about New Hook as I think it's a little yeah. strange. I so. feel like New Hook probably would have been eighth if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, who else would who else win at that point? I feel like you'd do New Hook, and maybe Gerard, and Taves. then five. Taves. I would think Byram would get a chance at some point. Byram, yeah, um, probably before know. Taves even. Byron, Byron has a little better shot than Taze does. We, Evan, you he's said he's more creative. Like Byron <laughs> yeah. would would have tried something. Like it might or might not work, but he definitely <laughs> say, try something. We, we just have to get to like fifteen rounds to get Jack yeah. Johnson, and, that, then, that and just... then we can see it happen. <laughs> and I want <laughs> no, him to. He... I just want him to stop at the dot and just slap one in. That's how I want him to get one. <laughs> no, moves, I want to see man. the move. He's probably yeah. still got it in the bag. Yeah. And speaking so... of moves, Evan, you said you were surprised by Nachushkin. Oh my God! Um, tell me, tell me why? I mean, he's pretty skilled, but I I agree with you. I I don't know that we've seen anything to lead us to think he could pull off a move like that. No, I mean we haven't. I mean we we think of him as like the power forward, the gritty like, guy, for, yeah. the gritty for for checking guy, right on the Two top way. six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think he had that move in him, and yeah. you know I was I was half watching this and then half watching another thing for for something else and. I saw that happen. I nearly fell out of my chair. I just kind of <laughs> went, oh, I was like, what? So yeah. I, I don't know. It blew me away. It blew everybody away. I mean, yeah, well, maybe those... he's studying tape of Jack Johnson. Maybe that's the explanation. <laughs> that's where he got the move I mean, from. Everybody I think on press, Forsberg, press and I think Landy would do that move mm-hmm. often. So I don't know if he like had it in his mind. He was going to keep doing that, but the hesitation, I think it's something like Kucherov started. I don't think he's the only one that does it, but, um, he might have got that from his. He's the one then. who like he, he'll <laughs> just go over this over the puck and it'll go five hole on the goalie because like yeah can't he'll like it. stop then... he'll like almost stop and then just shoot it but there's other variations of that like that hesitation but it seems smart if you can pull it off because like the goalie is watching like your hands like, probably watching him see that hands yeah. and him stick handling and then it it's just like such a fake like that to to do it and you can pull it off it's great so I am glad that. Because that game was pretty boring, especially back to back against the Coyotes. It's like yeah. just end this game. <laughs> so I'm glad the yeah. shootout at least gave us some sort of novelty, something to, <laughs> something different to appreciate from this game. And then obviously winning, uh, yeah. losing both that would have hurt a lot more. <laughs> both games were not the best, unfortunately. Um, and I know too. I was I was so upset, and I was in the building on Friday, and everybody else was upset when Rantanen's empty net and shot was blocked by the ref I mean, oh yeah what are, the, what are the chances of that i mean yeah oh, that was like, yeah if he doesn't get to 50 he needs to like write the nhl like, <laughs> yeah. for him to get hooked down and they call it uh, a, a tripping penalty but they don't give him the goal the goal the yeah penalty. that like, too yeah. was interesting yeah that yeah that's so like, ref blocking it that's Miko's got to just wait one second longer before he shoots. That's yeah, on a little bit. But the the, the pull down that's that's the ref actively taking a goal away. Hundred percent. So Rantanen's rage against the refs continues. Yeah. Well, that's why I that's why I named the um, the podcast today "Finish Strong" because I feel like a part of the Avs doing well over the next couple of weeks as the season regular season comes to an end within a Central Division title race is. Uh, Nathan McKinnon seeking 100 points in the regular season for the first time in his career. And, of course, Miko Rantanen becoming a 50-goal scorer for the first time in his career. And given the fact that there are about 10 games left, you know, who knows? This guy is capable of scoring two and three in a night. It's possible <clears throat> that he gets close to Joe Sackick's avalanche record of 54 goals. I know, not the Nordiques record. Um, but... Essentially, the poll of the week, I kind of want – I did two of them. The first one I did was I wanted to see where Avalanche fans thought Miko would land when all was said and done with 10 games left to go. And that 10th game, by the way, is a makeup game against the Predators at the end of the year. So if you're not seeing it on the schedule, that's why. Um, 
I'll start with you, Evan. What's your answer to this poll? And the question is, will he catch Sackick at 54 goals? Will he not catch Sackick but score more than 50? Um, will he get exactly as many as Sackick or will he not get 50 at all? And I told people to explain if they thought that. Hmm. There's 10 games left. He's on 49 now. He could have been on 50 after this week. And my bold prediction was almost right. And I'm a little ticked about it still. But anyway. <laughs> um, if they had just given that Bacar tipped goal on Friday. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, I think I think could, I think he'll definitely get past 50 for sure at this okay. point. Um, he might do it tonight. Honestly, yeah. I could see that happening. Um, I'm I don't know if he'll get past 54. I don't know. I would like to think so. Right. Because, um, I mean, you have, what, you've got Ducks tonight. You've got Sharks twice. You still have Anaheim another time after tonight. Um, I'm just think, I'm thinking of the hard games, like Minnesota, Dallas, obviously, this week. And then L.A. And that's really it, I think, yeah. right? So there's a there's a good chance at it, given the level of competition. I was going to say, you know, I changed my mind. He, he surpasses it. There you go. I surpass. I like he it. Surpasses it. Yep. Yeah, the way I put it was catch, surpass, fall short, but get 50 plus or less than 50. So, Jackie, what's your answer to this question? Um, It might be close. I think he'll get to 50. I mean, knock on wood, assuming, you know, nothing happens like he gets injured, God forbid. Right. But, God, I'm knocking on wood now. I know. <laughs> I know. But um, he has been pretty consistent. So, I think that – he hasn't got to this point because he was like super hot for like three weeks or something. Like he's been very consistent. So yeah. um, with 10 more games, you think it's not unfathomable to think he could get like six or seven more, but um, I'm just going to say just under it though. I think it, as we've seen, it's really hard to get that milestone and you get close, but I think he'll finish over 50. So maybe like 52, I'll say. Yeah, well, he's already top ten all time, all time Nordiques and Avs history with forty eight. There's like, I want to say like four or five guys at tied at forty eight, um, with I think Milan Hayduk in there too, coincidentally. But um, <clears throat> uh, I'll go to you, Ezra. It seems like we're we're like hopeful that he can at least at least catch him or get there. But the voters agree with the first two opinions from Evan and Jackie that he'll get 50-plus but fall short by 62%. Do you agree with that? I mean, that's definitely the safer bet, right? He's got Mm -hmm. 10 games to go. We're talking about six goals. Um, And uh, Miko's playing at over a a goal per game pace right now, but but realistically, everybody's around – or sorry, not over a goal per game, over half a goal per game. (laughs) But realistically, you know, that's a hard number to sustain. So it makes sense to, to take the under here. Uh, the under 54, not the under 50. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, and yeah, like with our, with the Avs injury luck this year, again, it makes sense to take the under, but man, yeah. I have some faith in your boy. Yeah. You know, let's take the over everybody. Come that's on. how I, that's how yeah. I feel. I, I say, I say, ask me tomorrow because if, if he gets two tonight, which I'm not saying, and maybe that's my bold prediction that he'll get sure. two tonight. Um, and, and he gets his 50th in Anaheim heading back to a game that, against the wild that's largely going to be about winning especially if he's already got 50 i think that takes the edge off and then Mm -hmm. the next two or three become a lot easier and more about being just coming from being within the game whereas like i feel like tonight looking at it from uh their perspective they're like this this team we (laughs) should beat and nico's probably like i should eat tonight because he is a point per game player against anaheim in his career Mm -hmm. um so I, i i'm with you ezra like i'm like Let's let's let it fly, baby. It's it's been a great year for Miko, and yeah. if 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 uh, McKinnon's gonna get a hundred, it's probably gonna be uh, largely about how the, well they do on the power play. And right now the power play is hot. They're playing some lowly competition in the next couple of weeks. Sprinkled in some really really important games this week. I think the stars are aligning for both things to happen. But mm-hmm. I'll go to my second poll of the week. Um, I basically just kind of wanted to see what was more what fans had more pride in right now, because I feel like the Nathan McKinnon getting to a hundred points thing has been something we've wanted for him for quite some time. 
Whereas we didn't really know if, I think if you would have told me when we drafted Miko Rantanen, oh, he'll be a 50 goal scorer one day, I'd have laughed in your face. So <laughs> I feel like from my point of view, I'm not that I don't want Miko to score 50 or 54. Don't get me wrong. I'm more like prideful and hopeful that McKinnon gets to 100 to 100 just out of personal achievement because I think he doesn't like to lean on it matters, but I think it does matter to a guy like him who's just very competitive. And the only way to, and and I guess, quantify that competitiveness is with stats and success. So, Evan, what do you think? Like, what's your answer? Are you are you more excited about uh, Miko 50 or a McKinnon 100 points? All I got to say is I don't need a printer. I need a fax machine because of everything that you just said. Uh <laughs> Or retweet if you're in my generation. Because I completely agree with you. It is. It would definitely be a, a big personal achievement for for Mac to get to 100 points. And I think that's going to happen, as you already mentioned, with the power play rolling. Um, and with the two combined, I wouldn't see why not that you right. can't get both 100 points for McKinnon and 50 goals for Rantanen. And you know that's that's also why I changed my mind in the last poll of like, you know what, power play is rolling. You know he's got McKinnon on his line now with him. They're they're gonna roll through people, <laughs> and yeah. so I think they're both gonna get it. But I definitely do think that whatever, even if McKinnon will say post game in in the locker room after he gets point number one hundred, if that the, is of any importance to him, and he says, "Oh no, it's all about the team," it's gonna be important to him. Yeah. I feel like deep deep down in his heart. So he just he just won't admit it. Maybe he'll admit it in the in the in after the off season. Um, after they win the cup again, who knows? Yeah. And if, and if you're these guys, it's also a bargaining chip. Like if you say, if you, if you end up at the end of a contract and you've been a 50 goal scorer, that's, that's forever. That can't be taken off your record. You know what I mean? That's, Mm -hmm. that's like getting a very, very valuable certification in any other field. Um, Same with a hundred points. If you're a hundred point scorer in the NHL, you'll be that forever, at least in the minds of some franchise. So I think, it's a big deal to them personally. And obviously their overarching goal is to win as a team. But if you win as a team, typically those stats follow, especially for like your big guns, like Nathan McKinnon and Nico Rantanen. But we're playing the most annoying would you rather ever. So you can't have both, Jackie. Which is your choice? Miko to get 50 plus or Nathan to get 100 points? I would say Miko get the 50 and um, I mean, of course, both would be great. And I totally agree that I mean, McKinnon's been so close. He he was at 99, literally once. Um, (laughs) And it doesn't matter to him because I know it happened once in the summer where uh, Marshawn and Crosby both had had a hundred that year and he didn't. And so they were giving him crap about that. Oh yeah. (laughs) But um, I, I just think hitting 50 is a little bit more, I don't know, hard to do. Not yeah. to say that hitting a hundred's easy, but Goals. um yeah. because because so many things can happen and it's like you can get points so many different ways right. and you obviously don't have to score, you don't even have to have the primary. Um but fifty goals, like it and I think it would speak to just how, like I said earlier, how consistent he's been, how he's carried this team at points this year and that's something that you it might not happen every year like you and he's been very good over his career and so i i think he'll have another shot at it i just think it's a little bit more special it's a little bit more rare i think there's fewer players in the league every year that hit 50 versus 100 points like there's probably going to be at least a, like 10 guys that hit 100 points if not more so mm-hmm. um if i had to choose i think i would like that for miko especially to have that this year and um, because you never know, like he might not hit 50 again. And like you said, like, even if you do it once, you're known as a quote unquote 50 goal scorer. And so, right. um, yeah, I just think it's a little bit more meaningful. Ezra, what do you think? Miko or Nate? Man, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to choose Miko, but only for one reason. And that is he's already at 48. If he doesn't get to 50, something went wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. Good uh, point. That's fair. Yeah. I can't have another injury. Can't. Yeah, that's a great point. That's that's like so well well put given the the full scope of the season. It's like we're talking about milestones. 
that in reality, given the way the season has gone, we're fortunate to be talking about it. It speaks to the the longevity, I guess, or the resilience of these two players that they've been available <clears throat> enough inside of a season where availability was kind of the main storyline, right? So mm-hmm. good point, Ezra. And 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 I'll maybe I'll backtrack then my answer of <laughs> of McKinnon because I, I do Uh-oh. think it's a more emotional answer. Because it is just like like Jackie said, getting to 99 and not getting to 100. <laughs> and then when you talk to fans of other teams in the league and they're like, well, but he's never a 100-point goal or ne- never a 100-point score. And it's like, yeah, but he's Nathan fucking McKinnon. Like, let's chill out, you know. So I, I just pardon my French. Yeah, uh, I mean, but if I was guaranteed that both guys didn't get injured and that's not that's not why, then I think I'd go Nate because of exactly what, what's been said already. It's, yeah. it's, it's he's – He's he's the man, you know. He's worked so hard for it, and, uh, and Miko too, in, in in the same way. But like, yeah, that hundred point mark has been the benchmark we've been that's been separating him from the Crosby McDavid, you know, truly elite conversation for some reason. Yeah, he exactly. Clearly is especially um, now that he's got a cup. So this will be like one of the one of the last few remaining boxes for him to check in such right. a young career. So I that, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I. That's why I did it, but I guess yeah. I guess I'll undo my retweet and <laughs> go, get, go get a go get a printer instead. I believe everything so. I said, but playing both sides of the fence is very convenient. I know um, that I broke the rules there. That's on yeah. me. Um, so the fifty six percent of one hundred and thirty five votes say Nate Dog reaching one hundred points is is what they would choose if they could only have one. So I think they're same. I think if you're wondering what the vibe is on Twitter, it's emotional. So. So for me to say that the promotional vote is Nathan McKinnon, I think that that aligns with this. So that was our poll of the week. Well, this week it was two polls, so we got a bonus poll. Um, If you didn't get to see that, it's because you're not a Twitter user or you are and just don't follow us, which is a huge mistake if you're an Avalanche fan. So if you don't follow us, you can follow us at at MHH underscore lab and then just the website at Mile High Hockey and head over to the website for all of your latest and greatest Colorado Avalanche news. You'll find work from the three of us and and a few more contributors as well. And we we take a lot of pride in what we do, so we hope you enjoy our work. That'll kind of move me on to our third and final segment. Well, I guess maybe not our final, but I want to look ahead. Yeah, I want to look ahead at at the week um, and at tonight's game against Anaheim. Um, Based on the fact that Alexander Gorgiev went seven rounds and played just last night in a shootout, Jonas Johansson, I think that's how you say it, I hope so, uh, will get the net tonight for Colorado, who previously lost in January the last time these two teams met in Colorado. I was there. It was not fun. Uh, They lost 5-3 to to the Ducks. Are the Ducks kind of like the Coyotes in that they are sort of a thorn in Colorado's side, especially this time of year? I'll start with you, Ezra. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that they're. It's like any any bad team, really. They're a thorn in this in your side as long until you uh, pluck them out and throw them away. You know? Right. Yeah. Because uh, because they have that ability to to be a, a game that's overlooked and and uh, not treated with enough respect and therefore lost. And yeah. I think that this current version of the abs, they nearly let that happen last night. They're not going to let that happen again. Um, and I, I think, yeah, they, they know, they know, they know the score in the standings right now. They know they can't be taking any team lightly. And I think, uh, I think it's going to, I don't want to, I don't want to get too uh, homerish or too, too high on anything here, but yeah. if they don't blow them out, I'll be shocked. Yeah. That's like I say this a lot about the Nuggets because I don't know if if you guys are followers of basketball, but the Nuggets are on a pretty similar trajectory to the Avs, just in terms of they've been on the cusp of winning, um, and this looks like it might be the year for them. But as of late, they've had a difficult time putting away bad teams, and I think that really shows championship caliber when a team takes care of business um, against a team they're supposed to beat. Um, and I think you're onto something, Ezra. Like when you say they're not so much a thorn in your side as much as they represent like an opportunity to fail and to really not let not get two points that you should get. So, mm-hmm. Jackie, what do you think about that? Do you think? And I know John Gibson kind of plays into this in particular for Anaheim. Do you think 
that Anaheim is similar to the Coyotes and that they kind of have the avalanche number in certain scenarios? I don't think as much. And it's hard to say because the Avs have only played Anaheim once this year. And I was at that game as well. And they oh, nice. were dominating they were. that. That's why it was frustrating. I think at least half of that yeah. game. Like, definitely <laughs> the first period. I, I don't remember the second period as much, but that, that third period was atrocious. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said earlier, I feel like Arizona is separate from all these bad teams. I think there's just a little bit something about their style or the matchup that that's more real than just, like, getting up for a bad team. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's tough because I think they expended a lot of mental energy on beating the Coyotes last night. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to say, like, they definitely just should roll these bad teams. But they really should because they've gotten back on track, like, when they had their disappointments against Anaheim and it was Chicago early on. That was more like January. And I think they've moved past that. But we'll see. Like, for me, the big test is San Jose because I don't know if any of y'all have seen San Jose lately, but they are all in on the tank. Like, if wow. the abs even halfway show up, they have to be <laughs> San Jose. I mean, it's just mind-blowing how, like and, – and it's like they figured out the formula. Like, you can't really – shamelessly tank the entire season because then you have young players and guys with something to prove. You just can't be that deplorable for eight months. Mm -hmm. But if you pull the plug at the right time, like San Jose has done, like I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't win a single game, a single another game the rest of the season. They might win one just because hockey's a weird sport and the puck bounce is weird, but Honestly, more than that, I'd be really surprised. So for me, that's the one where like the abs just have to show up and have to have like some semblance of care and try in that game. And they should be able to to roll like that's the game where I want to see the Miko and McKinnon like try to get the point show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight for me, I don't think is as much of like easy street or whatever you want to call it. Like they're still going to have to try because... Anaheim does have skill. Like every NHL team has skill. Some guys, their guys get paid too. But um, I think the Avs can take care of business. What I'm trying to say, like I don't think it's going to be easy necessarily. But um, Anaheim is really bad too. And I, it's weird because I didn't think they were going to be that bad this year because they've accumulated talent, and it's just for whatever reason. I actually think it's coaching is the reason. Like. They just have no direction, and so the Avs should be able to dominate like how they began that game in January and then be able to finish the job. Yeah, what's funny is I'm looking at Tankathon right now, and before I ask you, Evan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simulate the draft lottery. Uh, San Jose with uh, the most losses, I guess, or least points. They've lost nine straight. Columbus, same Ooh. amount of points, three, six, and one in their last ten. Chicago is third. They've lost their last five. Anaheim is fourth. They've lost their last four. And Montreal has won their last, just one. They're three, five, and two. So I'll simulate it real quick. All right. Let's see who we got. Oh, my God. This is crazy. I hope to God this happens because the, the NHL world will lose its mind. Vancouver jumps nine spots <laughs> to the first <laughs> overall pick. Oh, that's San, Ho- San Jose with the second pick. Columbus with the third. It pretty much follows suit after that in the top ten. Yeah. No, it exactly follows wow. suit after that in the top ten. So basically, yeah, just, the, imagine Vancouver getting the first. Buy, those fans think they're going to offer sheet buy room now. Like they oh, really? Go. Yeah. Wow. So I wanted to do oh, this Vancouver. simulation because I feel like anytime you're playing a team that's in the top five of this tankathon simulation – you should win handedly, especially if you're a defending champion. But I mentioned John Gibson, and I saw you, Evan, kind of nod your head. You're constantly concerned about the Avalanche getting goalied. Are you worried tonight? Oh, every time. Every <laughs> time. I mean, we, we've seen it with Connor Ingram now for the last, like, three games or yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> but, no, I John. I mean, John Gibson, you can't overlook him. I mean, he's he is definitely part of the reason why – the Ducks are staying in games because he makes 50 saves a night. <laughs> yeah. And, he made 41 saves in the game in January against yeah, the Yeah, Exactly. So, 
you know, if he if he's able to do his job and goalie the abs, then his team's always going to have a chance. And of course, when you have Trevor freaking Zegris too, who is just an all class talent like that, that's also going to help your team a lot too. Um, so I always look forward to watching Trevor Zegris. Um, I I hope he does something cool. But after the abs are winning like six to nothing, uh, that's when I hope he does something cool. So yeah, we'll see though. Um, I mean, they don't have John Klingberg anymore, but Klingberg wasn't really fitting in anyway in the first place down there. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's really the Zegris and Gibson show, I guess you could say. Little Troy Terry added in there, that but yeah, too, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I'm gonna simulate this one more time because I feel like that was just the craziest simulation that's ever been conjured on this, <laughs> and it's the first one we've ever done. Okay, this seems a little more. San Jose gets the first, good for them. Detroit moves up six spots to get the second. Columbus Jeez. moves down one. Chicago moves down one. Oh my God. Montreal moved up nine from nine nine spots to get the fifth pick. Jesus, the simulator is just it's all over the place right now. But nonetheless, that's kind of interesting. Um, Jackie, you said that I thought it was interesting that you said San Jose seems to have the formula to tank. Um, That's a really good that's a really good way to put it because I feel like Montreal has the opposite. Like they have the formula to almost tank. And maybe they should just tank sometimes. Um, Same but, with Arizona. They already got yeah. the first overall. Like Mon- Montreal's already done it. Yeah. Um, I th- I think there's teams that have been worse than others. Like I don't think Arizona or Montreal has been that bad. Like I know the record's not great, but like they're closer to that Ottawa Buffalo tier where maybe just another step and they could figure it out. And then there's like just the teams that just. Like, Chicago has no assets. Like, I don't even like their prospects. Like, they just have nothing. <laughs> yeah. They're they're so in for it hard. And then San Jose, I, I didn't think started the year that terrible, but they, they're they all in now. So well, it's weird that even in the bottom, there's different tiers of bad, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's funny. I agree. It's weird because even in the wild card, that are actually in the wild card. There seem to be no different tiers of bad. Everyone just wants to lose right now in both on both the East and the West. It seems like Calgary it is, is a like pretty sad race. Yes. It's like Calgary's <laughs> like, no, nah, we're good guys. Keep, keep doing your thing. We don't want to be a playoff team, but speaking <laughs> of playoff teams, the avalanche will play two this week. Um, and the other two in the central division race, looking for that number one spot to basically avoid playing one or the other. Um, Dallas does not have a pick in the first round. Minnesota has one in twenty uh, fourth overall. Like I said, they're good teams. What are you most keen on in these matchups, Evan? And which one do you think the Avs should be more concerned with? Obviously, both matter, but what poses a bigger threat matchup wise? Yeah, I was going to say this week. Honestly, I feel like we'll probably determine the Central Division, right? Um, with these two games, I mean, it's huge. I mean, I'm I'm looking back at the scheduled right now um if i'm not mistaken the abs have beaten minnesota every single time this year i think Um, so so that's awesome i'm glad to hear that um they've got their number and with kirill kaprizov hurt um and out of the lineup that's also not going to help their cause either right um but somehow aren't they in first right now like somehow they're in yes. first. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Somehow they're in first. Um, maybe that changes after tonight, which would be Could, yeah. awesome. Um, but anyway, so then I I turn my attention more than towards Dallas. Um, that's the one where I would be more interested slash concerned about, I guess you could say. Um mm. just because they do have the Az's number. I mean, we saw that last game when they blew them out of the water in Dallas. Um and Obviously, that was different time, of course, even just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Dallas is always Dallas is almost kind of like Arizona, where they're just pesky and annoying, but they're actually good, yeah. <laughs> and they'll actually do something about it and take their chances and have the skill and the firepower to do it, um, both on offense and defense. So well, that would be that's the one I'm more concerned about. That's the one where I'd want to see the Abs play a more complete game. Um, and not do what they've done the last couple of games, like against Arizona, where they 
take a break or, you know, get outplayed for, for a little bit. If, if I can get a full 60 minutes um, against Arizona or against Dallas and maybe be like a three, two game um, I would love that. I, I, I would really, really love that. Yeah. That makes sense. If you look at, like you were mentioning their head to head stuff, uh, they're two and one against Dallas. This is as much of a tie though, as you could ever have. Basically um, they, both have 10 goals for and against, obviously. Um, and that ratio is in a perfect alignment. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. And that's the toughest competition. With that said, uh, the Wild, like you mentioned, were undefeated. The Avs have 9-4 and 5 against. Jackie, do you share the same opinion? Do you Are you more concerned with Dallas? And is that why it's so important to win the Central so that Dallas has to play Minnesota before us? <laughs> um. <clears throat> You know, I'm not really as worried about winning the division. I guess it kind of feels like when you've won that, you won the President's Trophy, won the Cup, too, that like, it doesn't matter as much. Like, it never mattered really to Tampa Bay to win the division. And the way that the league is, if the Avs don't happen to get into the Final Four and they don't win the division, the draft pick is a lot better. Like, it could be around 20, so there could be some sort of benefit there. I'd like to see them at least get to second where they have home ice. And then if it does happen to work, if they get to second, I don't know that Dallas would be third. Dallas might still win the division and then they don't play them anyway. Okay. Um, I guess overall I am more worried about Dallas. Like I know right now Minnesota has the division lead. I am a little bit concerned about sweeping Minnesota. I, I don't know if you can really assume that. Right. So it almost seems like, Time for a little bit of a letdown against that team, but I do think that their bigger test is Dallas at this point. Because um, yeah, I think they have a little bit more to prove there, and I also think that Dallas also has a really soft schedule to end this season. Minnesota's is a little tougher. I, I think they have to play Vegas twice in the next week or so, so I think um, their road's a little tougher. So if I had to pick one to beat, it probably would be Dallas at this point. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. I agree. Um, I feel like if one, if there's one that'll say more about the Avs, it's also the Dallas game, um, just based on how they've played against them, um, as we previously mentioned. Um, Ezra, Evan kind of mentioned this a little bit. Is this the most important week of hockey for the Avalanche since last year's playoffs? And do you foresee them uh, leading the Central Division before our episode, episode next Monday? Hmm. This is the most important week of hockey is a really interesting question because I feel like the next week is always the most important week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like uh, we can always say that when we're like, when we come up with, with some storyline that they need to, <laughs> that they need to, they need to prove themselves or they need to get back on track or they need to. Um, so there's so many important weeks in the regular season. That's kind of a cop-out answer. I'll change it to yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah it's our job um, to make right. make it the most important week of the season right, right. Yeah, exactly. I got you. Yeah. Uh, but uh uh but i do think i do think they're gonna they're gonna be at the top of the, the central by the end of this week I, I don't know if they beat minnesota but i do think they beat dallas and i agree with jackie 100 percent that that's the more important win um sweeping a team like minnesota even without kaprizov in this upcoming game getting a sweep in the regular season is very very difficult it's very unlikely um it just it just doesn't happen very often, even if right. the teams match up on paper, like the Avs should be able to win this next one. Uh, Minnesota's not going to want to go over against Colorado, so they might come out with some extra jump. We'll see. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think looking at all the, the teams' schedules, um, Minnesota's more likely to drop one than Dallas, uh, but Dallas is going to drop one to Colorado, in my opinion, and, and my hopes and dreams. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll say, yeah, let's let's be on top of the division by the end of this. Well, coincidentally, when you mentioned sweeps not being very likely, especially within the division, the Avalanche could potentially sweep the Coyotes, the Predators, and the St. Louis. Oh, just kidding. Not the St. Louis. Not the Coyotes. Coyotes. Not the Coyotes. Oh, what am I looking at here? Oh, I I did wins. I lied. Hold on. (laughs) And I think not the Predators. Just just the Predators. Just the Predators. And the Sharks. And the Sharks. 
But we've only yeah, I guess we only played the them division. once. Yeah, not there yeah. yet. We they haven't. We should we, though. They really truly should. The the Hurricanes though two and zero. Yeah, then. that's a good one. Uh, that's Oilers. a good point. That's a good point to think about which teams the Avs have swept this year. Yeah, Oilers two and zero. Wild two and zero. Columbus. Yeah, Columbus, Montreal two and zero, Ottawa two and zero, and Capitals two and zero. So they did pretty good in terms of beating up on the teams that they think they can beat up on. Um, let's see who they've they've lost the most to: Vancouver, Boston, New Jersey. <laughs> there's there's a one outlier out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that it team that jumped nine spots in the draft lottery earlier. All those Vancouver games happened in like peak injury season too, yeah. so that that means a little bit less. But yeah, but still, it was it was like truly like the worst of the injuries in the early season, and then the worst of the injuries in the middle of the season were when they yeah. Um, so I think yeah. I'll open up the conversation and see if, if the three of you have anything in particular that was pressing your mind. And if not, we can get into our bold predictions of the week. I don't think anybody hit. I know for a fact I didn't. Um, not on next week's bold prediction either. Although, I mean, it might just be that one game if we're talking about it. So um, you guys got anything you want to talk about? I, I'm still just upset that I didn't get mine. Because uh, I was so close because yeah. when I, I was in the building on Friday, right, like I said before, so they initially announced in the arena on Friday that Makar's goal would is actually given to Rantanen. Uh, that it so you're, you're losing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then <laughs> I like go back and I'm like, oh, wait, they gave it back to Makar. Uh, shucks, whatever. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Rantanen had the referee block his empty net shot and and then you know, had was pulled down like 10 feet from the net and didn't give, give him the goal on an empty netter there. So I don't know. He definitely could have done it this week and I'm upset about it because I bet you somebody out there probably placed a bet on him getting 50 by the end of the week and did not win money yeah. because of it. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, somebody, somebody, huh? Somebody. <laughs> it, it wasn't me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was the ref who didn't call the penalty. Yeah, it was the ref who got in, in the puck's way. Uh, like like I said, down. like I said, Randon's rage against the refs continue. Um, yeah. Anyway, for a bold prediction for this week, um, obviously this week is huge, as as we've already stated before. Um, <laughs> and I I briefly mentioned you know the Dallas game and kind of what my thoughts were on that. Um, like I think if they play a full sixty minutes and come on on top three to two, I think that's that'd be perfect. Um, that won't be my bold prediction. That'll be a separate prediction just a okay. game prediction i guess um so i guess i'll go bold prediction they go undefeated this week they Ooh. they do all four games be a huge week yeah that it would be an absolute i mean now's the time to do it right i'm sure bednar is probably pounding that in the guy's brains is that hey this week is a huge week um i'd be a little bit worried tonight since they're on the other end of a back-to-back but considering they have over 24 hours since yesterday's game was an afternoon game um that will help and benefit them. Um, so I like yeah, it. I say that's, four and oh. That's my kind of bold prediction. <laughs> um, Jackie, I'll ask you, do you have anything you want to talk about that we didn't touch on? And if not, what's your bold prediction? Um, I think there's another milestone that we didn't really talk about. And it's smaller, but I think it would be really nice if Byram got to 10 goals. He's ah. at eight right now. Ooh. Um. Like 10 goals for a defenseman, I think, is is a milestone. And then considering how much time he missed this year and obviously, like you said, uh, how young he is, I think that would be a nice um, feather in his cap. I also think it qualifies him for a bonus if he hits 10 goals. Money, money. And so that might also personally matter. (laughs) So I can tie that into a bold prediction that if he hit that 10 goal mark this week would be pretty sweet. And that would also probably lead to winning that if you're getting goals from defensemen, you're probably going to win the game. Nice. I love it. Nice. Be a nice bonus. If there's anything I can say, I think young, young boys like money. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to have to edit that one. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. As, I didn't oh, even man. think about that. I didn't uh, even, no, why would you? I'm I'm the <laughs> asshole here, not you. I'm the asshole. Anyway, 
Yeah. <laughs> Ezra. Comedian brain didn't even go there. <laughs> Ezra, <laughs> I was like, I better say it because Ezra's thinking it, but nonetheless. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Christ. Um, my mom was uh, the only one who probably loved me for real. Um, oh, Ezra, let's get, let's, let's, let's hear. You got anything to talk about we didn't touch on? And do you have a bold prediction not involving little boys? <laughs> um, well, I just want to say I'm thrilled that Evan Rodriguez only ended up missing one game with that concussion because that was yeah. you never you never know what's going to happen with concussions and definitely seeing him kind of acting weird on the ice like the, him being angry at a ref is something we don't see very often after the hit and yeah. then taking taking a shot at somebody we also don't see that much out of Evan yeah. Rodriguez. I was, I was like, oh, this is this is out of character for him. And then to see him miss games with a concussion, I'm like, oh no, his brain's yeah. broke. Oh fuck. Um, but but he's back, and that's that's great. I'm so yeah. I just wanted to say I'm excited about that. Good for him. Um, and then bull prediction wise, um, let's see. Last week it was Comfort gets a point in every game, and he came very close. He was okay. very good last week, but he did not score in the first game of the week, so I was right. immediately disqualified. Um, uh, so this week I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to say um, Darren Helm gets back on the score sheet uh, with wow. and an assist this week. Nice. I like that. I could see Helm getting a goal tonight. I could see I, that. I could see Helm getting a big goal against Dallas or Minnesota. I like that a lot. I like he that likes a, lot. a big goal. As he I does. say, he's got big goals against Central Division teams before. You guys are really trying to get me today. I, I, I'm I'm actually mad at you, Evan, for not knowing what you sounded like when you said that. But... I apologize for you. <laughs> hey, you know, hopefully I... half of the people who listen to us find it funny, and the other half are like, what the hell are these people talking what about? What are they doing? Yeah. I, I did also think of another milestone. Shout okay. out to Nathan McKinnon, 700 career NHL game tonight. Wow. Um, oh, wow. That's so that is, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Hopefully he does good on it tonight. Um so yeah yeah that would be that would be very nice so oh. i have i have your bold predictions written right here what's up ezra one other piece of news I, I, forgive me if we covered this last week but uh Edmar's extension i don't think we talked yeah about we did not oh no, we did not so. you're right yeah. dang um which you know there's not too much to say about it it's just exciting and i'm happy for him but well, i i love it because i feel like it's it flies in the face of all the toxic avalanche fans on social media who are like as soon as they lost to pittsburgh it was that's the worst loss of the season what is bednar doing mm-hmm. um jackie do you do you feel like that do you feel similarly to me in terms of that sentiment yeah definitely and that certainly wasn't the worst loss I, no right i was like were, really quick about? off the top of my head they were worse but um <laughs> Yeah, it was it was an interesting surprise. I mean, um, the timing of it. The Avs don't really do a lot of in season signings, um, and it's different than signing a player, sure. But they also kind of took their time when they gave him his last extension. Mm-hmm. So um, it was interesting. They Does that make bit... you wonder, like, if he was sought after, possibly from other teams? I mean, I'm sure he's sought after, but do you think maybe there was something that the Avs were threatened by because? They pulled a similar move to keep McFarland around because he maybe. was pretty heavily sought after. I mean, maybe, yeah, because kind of the trend is you don't let a coach get to his last year of mm-hmm. his contract. And maybe, and especially since they put him in that upper tier, that, that $5 million, I think is, he's probably not the highest paid, but it, it's the upper tier. Mm-hmm. So maybe once you've decided that you're going to go there, you just get it done. But yeah, it is interesting that they were a little bit more proactive about it. So it's possible that they just wanted to lock it down. And makes me think, like, are they going to sign anybody else? Are they going to sign any prospects? Because this is the uh, the season for prospect signing <clears throat> with uh, the NCAA uh, wrapping up. And mm-hmm. um, I was curious about that, too. I wanted to see if you had, you know, maybe identified anyone that's technically a free agent. Um, from the tournament. Ezra, have you seen anyone or Jackie or all of you? I was going to say, there was someone that was just signed today and I can't remember who it was. For the Eagles, you mean? uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It was from Minnesota State. Um, You know, I mean, they got Myers last year and he was like um, really sought after and um, we saw maybe he didn't have as big of an impact as they had hoped. I don't think they're done with him, but so I don't really know that like college free agents would be that 
meaningful for them to get. I'm more curious about if they're going to sign any of their own. I would think the two. Kovalenko, maybe? Um, No, I (laughs) Who knows? You can never guess with Russians, but I would definitely wouldn't expect it. Um, And I don't really think you can because their league year runs out May 1st. So it's going to go over. May 1st is like our July 1st. So. And he's still signed for next year, but who knows? Money always talks when it comes to that stuff, but mm-hmm. they'd have to really want to throw down. Um, I would just say that two Avs prospects would be Sean Barons, who is the defenseman for DU. I don't think he's going to sign, but I think there's a lot of anticipation out in the fan base. Because okay. he can. I just don't think it benefits him at this point because I don't think the Avs are going to give him a lot of incentive and okay. if he gets to that junior year I think that's when the player gets some leverage and it's probably a better idea for him. The gotcha. other one I also think is Matt Steinberg who who's a senior at Cornell. Gotcha. And um they should sign him if they're interested in signing him at all. Like the time is kinda now. So that's the one I'm kinda looking for in the next week or so because if they really don't sign him now, then they're not going to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Ezra, you you yeah. meant you look like you had somebody you wanted to talk about as well. Um, not really. I just looked up the Eagle signing. It's Ryan Sandaline, uh, forward out of Minnesota State. Nice. Um, I didn't really watch much college hockey. I didn't get to watch the tournament, so I, I don't really have anybody. But I will say, um, looking over Steinberg's stats over his career and. Uh, reading about him from people who watched him, he doesn't seem like he's going to move the needle much. So if they don't sign him, I don't think that's that big of a deal. But if they do, great. Love to see what he can do. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm all about repopulating that prospect pool given the last couple of years. So I think I'm kind of with Jackie on that, although I agree it's not necessarily going to move the needle. I just think you need to replenish some of that equity you lost um, by trading away some draft picks. Definitely, yeah. yeah. If they view him as a better um, value in the AHL system than, say, an AHL veteran, fantastic. Yeah. It's like, um, who else are you going to sign? <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I <laughs> took him with the first pick in the third round. Like Those guys, before you even pick them, you pretty much think, you're going to have to sign this guy. So Yeah, yeah. he was an overager <laughs> when he was picked, and he was kind of a surprise... Uh, he he seemed yeah. like a time. People people wrote a lot of negative stuff about him at the time. I, I'm just saying he hasn't really he didn't really do that much in college. But if he is if he is somebody that they see as a fit, that's great. I'd I'd love him to. Was he in him. our Was he in our top twenty five under twenty five or was was he probably? Out? I think only like three people didn't make it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are we gonna have twenty five this year? Let's that's see. Let's, I I still have them. Let's see Steinberg. Uh, no 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 no. I mean, I did watch him in the tournament. I feel like he yeah, does have that really like power forward type game. He's he's sort of like Sampo Ranta, but like in a weird way, the opposite. Like Sampo really isn't that smart, and he is, but I think Sampo has more skill. Mm-hmm. So I don't he know. Was... I mean, like I said, they got to sign somebody. We... So why not? Center, which there's not a lot of center depth in the AHL. Yeah, Steinberg was eighteenth, yeah. just ahead of Nikolai Kovalenko. So we're talking about the right people. <laughs> yeah, Kovalenko will be a lot higher just because of the yeah. year he had in the KHL. But Kovalenko gets an NHL look right away, I would think. Oh yeah, yeah he's say, not coming I, I over know, the <laughs> I know, I know. Evan Rowell has been very high on him. Um, yeah, and rightfully so. So yeah, um, from one Evan to another, I agree. Um, yeah, I love I hope, Kovalenko's game. Yeah, I I, I watched it for years now. Yeah, he would. That's awesome. He would be fun. That's for sure. Well, that would also throw a thorn into the side of the sentimenters that say the Avs punted on the trade deadline as if they had another choice so if they bring in a guy like Kovalenko and he actually does move the needle that one will be quite a a shock to me um just given the circumstances but also it would pretty be pretty freaking awesome that I'm all for it so I don't think that's possible yeah if if there's anyone that moves the needle it's him well he's very good for his team in Russia so I don't know how much water that holds um, we saw who's the last guy we saw come over and play for the Kings. He was a little bit older though. Um, oh man, 
but he 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 had a stint in the NHL, went to the KHL, and then came back. I can't remember his name, but I think he's the last like Russian to come from the KHL that actually, you know, I'd say even Kuzmenko this year for Vancouver. Yeah, like, that's this true. Happened. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I mean Kaprizov. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, what I like a lot about Kovalenko was just the way he forechecks. Like, I just think that'd be such a good fit. Yeah. In the system and for Bednar, like, I don't know how much of the skill tra- will translate because, but at least he has it. Like, he's at least on par with the others that chip in a little bit of offense here and there. But just to get him to come and play that hard, heavy, super aggressive. I mean, if people think they like the way that Logan O'Connor forechecks, oh my goodness, you are in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. he, he's on the edge a little bit. Like he, he'll take a few penalties. Like, um, but when you play that hard, you kind of have to expect it. So that's why I think it's so exciting. Not necessarily like, Oh, free top six player. He's going to score 50 points for the abs. It's just like, he's such a good fit. You would just love to see that what he could do in that kind of role, because that's, that's the kind of stuff that the abs and Benner in particular, like, yeah. Well, who knows? We got we got a Russian already on the squad, and he showed off those filthy mitts last That's night. True. So That's maybe true. he could maybe he could broker uh, some of that other stuff, you know, that we don't quite understand as North Americans and the difference between our culture and Russian culture. So some of that stuff could kind of get smoothed over. Especially he might have somewhere to stay, given Nichushkin likely lives in the area, having just signed his contract. So who knows? It's a possibility um, and something that I would be really excited to see. But that ends the program for today. Um, just want to thank the three of you for joining me. Um, it's been a really fun conversation. Sorry, Ezra, I didn't mean to cut you off there, buddy. No, uh, <laughs> if you're listening on uh, YouTube and watching, thank you so much, first of all. And secondly, uh, like, subscribe, and share with your fellow Avalanche fans. As I previously mentioned, head on over to milehighhockey.com for all of your news, all contributors here and more not here. Um, we didn't have Jacob today, but Jacob, hi. Hopefully we get you on next week. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for listening and ladies and just people. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and Audible. Uh, go Avalanche. Hopefully they beat the Ducks tonight. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab.